Hi everyone, and welcome to our full album review for the Euthanasia Project from Megadeth. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yep. We're talking about Megadeth That's today. That's what's happening the this Rock week. The Rock and Beards podcast is alive again, it seems. This is the second Here episode in six months. Happening, you know, very hey, hey, close hey. together. Anyway. That's the show where we break down non-hip-hop albums, track by track, giving thoughts and opinions on every single song. The kind of albums we talk about is absolutely the Megadeth Project, Euthanasia. Why are we doing the Euthanasia Project by Megadeth? Why? 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 Because Scribble asked us to. Oh, that's He's one of our patrons, so thanks, Scribble. And so we'll go through the album. Meanwhile, my name is Holden Stefan Roy. I am your lady friend, Bonnie. And before we get into the show... I released a track very recently, like last week. You can check that out on mm -hmm. this very channel or go, links in description. Follow me on Spotify if Open you feel what tab. I'm doing. All sorts of good stuff. I'm going to have at least a track a month coming up, moving forward. Got the next one scheduled for uh, July 15th. Another one dropped in March anyway. If you like that, check it out. Otherwise, if you dig this deep dive into the album format type thing that we do over here, you can support us on Patreon for a dollar or more a month because, yo, we could use that help. On that note, we are here to talk about Megadeth's Euthanasia Project. So you know what? That's what we are going to do. It's happening. And we like to start off all the album reviews kind of expressing our familiarity with the project and... Last time we did this with Steely Dan, I made a little blunder. I offended a couple of sensitive Steely Dan fans because I had this tone in my voice as I was like, come on, uh, rock fans, I know y'all are a little mean sometimes. So instead, I'm not going to do that, even though I sort of did. No, what I'm saying is, is I respect the fact that music lovers are very passionate people, and I look forward to conversing with all the Megadeth fans and seeing what's up with that. But y'all got to keep be a in whole mind new world. that... Maybe we are not the super Megadeth fans that you, person who chose to Maybe. click on a long-ass album review for a Megadeth project. Y'all are real, like, we respect you, is what I'm trying to say. Because y'all is proper fans, and mm -hmm. I, I know what that is. I, I'm that kind of fan for plenty of bands. Megadeth. Yeah. I mean, why don't you go first? Tell us how much Megadeth you listen to. So much Megadeth. All the time, every day. So no. never, never, Perfect. I've never listened to Megadeth in my life. I probably like even if like it somehow was available for me to be listening to, I probably definitely avoided it. Like why? I just I why would I ever look this up? Like I have zero interest in this kind of music. So that's that that's gonna a be sad uh, thing for my. That's life, like by my the perspective. Way. Like so. So, so you'll see, you'll see as we go forward, you know, my we're perspective just being is candid you know, with you ignorant. And so why are we doing it? Patreon made us. It's an obligation. Gotta do uh, it. We have to literally. That's part of the contract and I deal of the agreement. The but why do I, why am I saying all these things? Past experience. I've seen the comments that come when we don't apply this knowledge and share with you our weaknesses up front. So if you still believe that we have no business doing that, I totally respect your point of view, but like. Shouldn't us, it be available for us to learn about? Which is a fair point. I'm trying you know? a different approach. I'm trying. I'm, I'm, look, I know my attitude is what it is, and you may still dislike me. That's totally fine. Anyway, I do know who Megadeth is because I very much do. Uh, I listen to metal uh, here and there. Would I call myself? I definitely dated boys that listen to this kind of stuff, but like, I mean, 
I mean, I the long there, yeah. hair that I currently have didn't not come from metalhead aesthetics. I think that shit looked fire. I love the headbanging. It's Maybe awesome. Maybe more punk people. I don't know. I, look, I don't know. I mean, the mohawk I had at one point was more from that. Anyway, uh, I just really love like the composition of metal i find it really similar to classical music and the cool styling and cinematic effect that it gives off musically whereas like in a rap song when i see seven minutes i go this better be good with a metal song seven minutes it's like at least that shit's gonna be alive that shit's gonna have some life to it or something and so i'm never really feeling worried about it like for me like it would if i see like a seven eight minutes like track but like metal i'm like oh like it it better be like not just like like i mean i know like so that's what i needed you know i said i need something a little bit different from that Honestly, Scribble went out of his way to find the most Bonnie-appropriate Megadeth album <laughs> that would still be interesting to the OG Megadeth Aww, fans. Thanks, Scribble. Um, my dude, uh, James, is a huge Megadeth fan. Turns out, so is my boss. So is this other dude that I work with. I was riding my bicycle listening to Megadeth's Euthanasia Project, and I was getting props from dudes on the way back. I'm like, yo, I play hip-hop all the time, and nobody freaking says what's up. I play Megadeth, and like these German guys, like, that is a very good song choice you've made. And I was like, you know how they are with the super <laughs> proper English? And I'm like, this is whackness. Megadeth is that popular? Like, it's just... Like, I know that they're popular, right? And I know they are. They're one of the four thrash band peoples. I understand the, the story. Four? Check it. We huh? watched a VH1 we documentary with Megadeth. Scribble was like... We never do this. Scribble or was like, straight up, if you insult my favorite band, I'm all... I felt like he was saying, I'm going to fuck you up. He didn't quite say it like that, but he felt like he'd be heartbroken. It's okay. I love the album. Fucking spoilers. I thought like, about it. I was, was great. like, when I like. So we're not going down the path of me not liking this project for any of you that Okay, was so what, what did we watch? Was it with the VH1? Yes, the VH1 Megadeth documentary where uh, James like an and Lars look like assholes. I know it's a Megadeth documentary. And like they run through it. And it was really contextual for a lot of these songs. I'll be honest, had we not watched that documentary, there are a few of the tracks on this project. And actually, I feel like... It definitely helped. It, it helped a lot helped. with what I believe the core concepts and subject matter of this album was. So there you go, Scribble. I took that shit seriously. But yeah, man, my boss is all sending me Skype messages about Megadeth. The next dude is everybody's talking about Megadeth Everybody now. seems I'm to like, be excited that I'm listening to it. So here's the thing. A lot long long time ago in a galaxy far away back when i was discovering metallicas and other kinds of musics i didn't like dave mustaine's voice and for a very long time i could not get into listening to his voice weirdly enough that issue went away for me i just i don't know maybe listening to him talk for that documentary got me kind of acclimated to the way he sounds and then when i listened to the project i just kind of thought it was fine a white guy he definitely isn't my favorite vocalist of all time but i still really like the energy and the rawness that the man brings to the table and then you you add in all of the amazing uh musical abilities compositional skills and everything that the man did like i hats off to dave mustaine as a talented person i'm saying all this now at the beginning just because we're not necessarily going to focus a lot on the music because we trash it that also off the jump i'm a lyrics dude i do a lot of rap reviews and i'm i do like 90 percent the lyrics and like 10 
10% maybe if in a good review the beats. Um, I usually touch on the beats a little bit more, but I so mean vaguely. <laughs> we're going to do our best on the musical side. So I'm trying to say it out the front, man. I recognize how amazingly well put together it really is in case we don't give you enough of that on this review. But also just trying to manage your expectations and whatnot. I digress. You get the point. Um, All right. Needless to say, I fucking love this album off the jump because it's really strong. Um, I love the title. Like, right away, the title's super engaging. Euthanasia. Mm-hmm. And you, it's kind of playing off of euthanasia. Get it? That's, you know, you know. Yes. You get it? Mm-hmm. But it's for the youth. And then you think about, like. Suicide. But, like, from the more political angles of it all, with a lot of my more, like, the things I believe in currently and the way I definitely see the education system being skewed and a lot of the feelings that, you know, Dave even expresses on that track, it's almost like good on him for speaking out and really using his platform for that purpose all the way back then when maybe not everyone else is using their platform for that kind of purpose. So. I thought that was really cool. How many political lyrics? Because I, I I skimmed a little bit more. I think the intro to Rust in Peace is freaking next level. And uh, the the intro to Killing is My Business blew my fucking mind. Like, it was so good. But I remember when I, I think it was, like, Peace or Holy Wars is the track there. And it's like, you know, he just comments directly, like, Killing in the Name of Religion. Like, I can't understand that. And I'm like, that's some bullshit. I know a lot of people do it, but a lot of people don't do it, right? That's so that's true. why I got to give credits to the ones that really use their platforms to try to do something with it. It makes, it makes me just take the whole package of what Megadeth is and regardless of the music, it makes me like want to back them more because you know it's like almost a movement more like it feel especially on this project like right coming into it this is basically my whole exposure to Megadeth but also listening to Dave talk and I read some of his interviews the man's fucking hilarious um, but it really feels like he gives a shit about real social issues and like stuff like he'll he even had opinions on the me too movement and things like that and threw one of his boys under the bus and just exposed that stuff that happened to him in the studios but like the fact is he just speaks out and he's not afraid and i really i guess i respect what i've learned about dave mustaine in the last week or whatnot i think he i think that he has that like gumption and willingness to speak out because he also has the willingness it seems to acknowledge the fact when he's been wrong Mm. and i think that if you are that type of person and you are able to always you know you know look back and be like yes this is where i made a mistake i'm you know i'm learned better and i'm moving on um you know and you know i think that that's kind of like a a trustworthy person you know like as crazy and wild as he is you know i think he's a, a good guy and like kudos to the sobriety and like flipping his life around and like end of the day dave mustaine's story is pretty freaking next level yep. like he's a guy i'm going to make an effort to learn like i don't often come across an album on the review and feel compelled to really delve into the discography more i did that with bjork and now I feel like doing that with Megadeth, all right? Oh, so you got to understand, I think Bjork is a musical prodigy at like the next level. And I got to give it to Dave Mustaine, considering Megadeth is kind of a, a little bit, like while there's a lot of consistencies as far as the longevity goes, it's like Dave, right? Um, with other guys coming in and out. Right. Um, and so like he's, he's just, I give it to him, man. He's up there. He's like top tiered mind in music. It's not even, it's beyond skill. It's the mind 
in it, right? And right. I feel that a crowd because I listened to like five or six of the openers. I didn't have time to go through all of it. Started listening to Rust in Peace. I like considering this dude's blitzed out of his mind through some of this. It's so amazing. Yeah. It, and like it, it, and then sobering up, it's still maybe not quite <laughs> the same because I haven't listened to a lot of it, but I've seen comments and you know feedbacks and the internet. People kinda... are never as good once they sober up. Sorry. I mean, I just don't <laughs> think it's as reckless, perhaps. But I also, from what I understand, believe that he they came back and like basically continued to drop good projects. I didn't want to come off and say like it's not equal or good quality, but like even as we watched, like they went through phases of the sounds and shit, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know enough to know, but I I just admire the fact that they're still a thing. And if like they come through Montreal. I'm gonna go visit. I'm gonna go pay some absurd amount of money to go see the to see the Megadeth experience. Hmm. I don't know if the Gigantour still exists. See, I know some stuff because my dude kept talking about it for a decade. Um, that's right. Well, isn't there like heavy MTL? Yeah. Isn't that where they perform? I feel like. I feel like they came through one time, but it was attached to the Gigantour. I might be wrong. Somebody in the comments can let us know. I, I could not care less enough to Google that correction. <laughs> um, end of the day, the album cover is cool, and especially because it ties into like when I when you watch the the Train of Consequences music video, that like scene is in the album cover and i thought that was remarkable because when was the last time you saw a music video that like referenced the album cover like ever mm. i've never ever ever seen that before huh yeah i don't think so i'm trying to think if ever i have but maybe not on top of the weird symbolism of the kids being like strung out and hung out like they're almost products they're just some things growing and being farmed out and used like because like you know clothes is just a commodity it's just a thing it's not like really a human being i like that i like this cover a lot i think it's shocking in a good way it also has that cool cartoony feel that you expect from metal albums of that era i don't know what, what if you guys know what i mean just mm -hmm. like it just has that look I just think it's so cool because it's otherwise kind of like a peaceful, serene bottom, except for like the babies and then the stormy, thunderous kind of clouds with the mega death at the top. Yeah. And I think it's just a cool contrast. Like it's really well designed. I could see how some of y'all may have bought shirts with that album cover on it. Yeah. I'm sure there are other album covers that are cooler, but I like the message in this one and I think it's bold. And I, I don't know what else to say about it. It, it is, is of the better quality of album covers we've discussed on this channel. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely like it. It's like a, a very an artistic picture of like an older woman, like you were saying, hanging babies out to dry. Um, and it kind of just goes on and on and on like telephone poles sort of. And um, and like they're hanging by their feet. And I think it's just like they're, I think uh, what like the symbolism is, is like the older generation is like um, kind of abandoning the younger generation, like just kind of like hanging them out and just kind of leaving them. And uh, I don't know. Anyways, it's visually interesting. Um, and, you know, I think that like they sort of touch on it when we get into the song part um, of it. And um, apparently, also fun fact, um, it is the, the cover is done by a Canadian artist named Hugh Syme. Dope. So there you go. And he also did um, some other uh, album covers uh, such as... Rush, I want to say, who is also a Canadian band. So there you go. I'm sure y'all know who Rush is. Do you know who Rush is? Um, a boy, a, a, a guy I dated liked Rush, and I had no idea who they were. And like, 
the only thing I know about Rush outside of the fact that I'd probably... There's like that spin around drum. Like, I know enough about drums that... I, I would probably really love their music and the way they theme their albums. But what really ended up happening to Rush, which I think is possibly one of the funniest things I've ever heard, is how sad they were at the lack of women on their tours. So they were just completely successful in selling out to like a bunch of dudes because it was super hard to get girls to go to the Rush concert. Yeah, It was kind of like that's where they drew the line is the kind of impression. So there was a sufficient lack of uh, you have to make some groupies some, like, going on for Rush for the compared ladies, to... You know? I could see how Megadeth, on the other hand, I mean, you just watch. I think this is also more leaning towards more for mm, guys. I don't know, man. Even in the concert videos and everything, there's chicks all over. Like, girls like to turn up. And this is turn girls up. like boys. And this, if you... no, but this is turn up music <laughs> in, like, metal and shit. Like, I, I'm using that term particularly. If you're, I mean, there are people that, you know, there are Yo, girls, I'd, of course. A whole bunch like... of girls love metal, okay? Like, all right, I guess I mean all. A whole bunch of girls love oh, metal. Okay, so it's equal distribution then. I mean, it's not, like, the thing is, Rush was, if I'm not mistaken, sci-fi geeky with their music. I don't know. And like progressive rock albums, like with like space operas. I, I might know be literally a little wrong, nothing about Rush. But I, so, I understand that the for like, content well, of their music came off more like Star Trek than not, is what I understand. And that may be more where it is. Whereas you have Dave doing a bunch of drugs, being a rock star, smashing hotels. He's the ultimate bad boy. Mm-hmm. You're going to tell me that man with his beautiful hair and shit did not I feel like that's what mine looks like over. today. It's very humid here in Montreal. So I'm my saying, hair got real big. I, I, just, I remember the scene of Dave in that interview and he's like wait you're saying if i could just play guitar i can get girls get free drugs do all that he used the p word but and it was just fucking hilarious how blunt he was like fuck sign me up i'll play guitar and it's just like yeah he's just so blunt i like him a lot anyway literally it's you know the things girls guys do for the the vagina i'm not gonna say it didn't isn't part of what drove me to be the person i am today either way we can call that a reckoning day. day This is very strong of a start. <clears throat> is it the strongest Megadeth start of an album I heard today? It is not. I, I definitely think Holy Wars is a cooler start to this. Also, the one off of that first album they dropped. But still, opt-ins considered, this is an excellent start to a project. Excellent. Like, whatever. Just like heavy coming in. The with the fucking drums smashing on through and just it's super engaging it's just super like snaps you into the vibe you are here you are ready to bop your fucking head proper you are ready to go but i'm gonna talk a lot as we all know so bonnie why don't you tell us about your thoughts of the reckoning day um yeah so i forgot to say actually that this album came out came out november 1st 1994 i wanted to mention that um, and secondly, um, I really did not want to listen to this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, ugh, did you make it up? And like, it just was not my cup of tea. It's just not for me. Um, and then the, the first time I was like, ugh, I, you know, still was not loving it. Um, the second time, um, uh, you know, it was okay. And then the third time when I, like, sat down, sat, like, because I was, you know, went for a walk on the second time and I was listening to what I was walking. And I walked by some, like, metal heads and, like, they were all, and I was like, I bet you they don't know that I'm, like, listening to, like, Megadeth. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> like, they probably think I'm listening to, like, I don't know, Miley Cyrus. <laughs> um, and... <laughs> 
I'm listening to like two of her songs. Well, That's about it. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. And so then the third time when I sat down and I was like reading the lyrics and I had already, you know, I had, you know, just, you know, I had watched the, you know, the, v- the VH1 thing and kind of like understood a little bit more about the band and who they were and blah, 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 blah. I... I got it a little bit more and I was, you know, and I kind of, um, you know, had gotten used to the sound and like, you know, it didn't sound as like scary and like, (laughs) you know, like just like loud. I don't know. It's just not what I would normally go for um, necessarily, but um, I had gotten used to it. So I I I was in a better place when I was like ready to review. So just a heads up. So, <laughs> so anyways, um, from the very, like, the very first, like, m- like, mini second or whatever, whatever it's called, um, <laughs> like, the first, like, second, the first beat, um, uh, it is, like, fucking abrupt, and it is, like, there, and then, and then the same thing, you kind of get, like, used to it, you know, after kind of, you know, like, a few seconds, you're like, okay, it's not as, like, you know, because it kind of starts off like that, and then it kind of, you, your body and, like, your ears just get used to it, so that's great, um, um, so it's not about revenge, but people getting, uh, just, they're sort of like just dues when the time comes, it seems. Um, he's really not really saying anything like too, too profound, um, but the beat is really cool and I like how, um, towards like the end of the song, it kind of gets a little bit more like amped up and then it's just the drums and it's just sort of like the drums at the end of the song and like you can like really like feel them. I really like that. I thought that was great. Um, I, I like drums. Um... I don't know. It was good. It was powerful. I don't really have like much to say about like the lyrics besides that. Uh, but I like how the music makes you feel literally with the beat, like how it kind of like it encompasses you. And um, it's a like, good, angry, like loud car music. And it's, like it just feels like if you would get in the car and turn this all the way up, you would just feel like the vibrations of it. And I think that that would be like fun, I guess, um, and just drive around. And so I give this a 4.515. I liked it. Uh, cool. <laughs> That's awesome. I also think it comes in real strong. And like from the beginning, the first time I heard it, I was like, I'm going to like this. This is how you start a project. I'm a, I'm a firm believer that your album intro, especially in the like the rock metal world, it sets the tone, man. If you don't come in with a strong album opener, it's just not as fun. So the fact that this album opener is so powerful, it's so just like in your face, but it is cool. Then he starts singing. And if there was anything, I would say um, he's not my favorite singer, but I love the passion in the way he does it. So like I I can get he's like beer at first. It tastes away. And then you get used to it. And then you just kind of... you can actually stand to have one. And then like you kind of just like how it makes you feel. So you keep doing it. Right, and that's kind of how I felt about Dave. But it never Mustang's actually voice. tastes good. It, it, I, I don't think <laughs> I'm ever gonna believe he's the greatest singer I've ever heard. But I do believe he's a great singer. So I, I hope that's a little clear to y'all. That like, I don't know if he's he my can cup definitely of tea wail. in terms of that. It's so impressive, and like I was really listening to the emotion in his voice and the way he expresses every fucking word. It's real strong, and lyrically, I don't even know how to fully describe it. It is both extremely deep and extremely simple at the exact same fucking time. And I think that is an art form. That is like complex brevity. 
that's really yeah. interesting. So I don't know if the whole discography is like that, but I have a theory that I came to because I watched that documentary and you got to see some of the more complicated nuances, um, you know, the struggle with drug addictions, uh, Metallica and Vengeance as a driving force towards everything that fueled them. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of, as we were going through this album, I mean, it kind of felt concept Like, I had no idea that he was in Metallica. I thought, I was like, well, well I don't really know too much about Metallica either. I, I did know that. And anytime you talk to a Megadeth fan, and I mean every one of them, they will bring up that they co-wrote shit for Metallica and that James stole shit. And that every last one of them will bring that <laughs> up. It is awesome. And they love talking about it. And I'm okay with that because I like passionate people. Um, But basically, um, I kind of have a theory. And maybe my theory sucks and y'all don't like my theory. That's cool. But when I heard this album, I felt concept album. Because along the way, there's a bit of a story here going on. So if we think about the beginning of the Megadeth story a little bit, it is a driving force of like, you kicked me out the band, fucking vengeance, fucking coming for it. But we've moved along in time and I believe Dave is growing a little bit as he's writing this album and uh, like almost a decade has in fact passed at this Mm -hmm. point, right? But I was thinking about like what the fuck this song was about. In and of itself, it's fucking weird. Like, it's hard for me to put my finger on it directly. Like, I like the way I make you itch and all the reasons I give you to bitch. I'm a threat in your world. You're clearly made insecure. You're feeling away by my existence and shit. That's fresh. How I make you want to scream in pain and feel your life is just a losing game. I like the way you let me in, the way you look at the walls cave in. So it's almost like I kind of pictured him like writing this almost to James. Like, I love the fact that I fucking drive you nuts by my existence, Metallica. I'm fucking coming for you and the day will come. And so like all this reckoning thing. But then he's a little bit older and shit. So it's like, don't want no revenge. Ain't no payback time. I could be completely wrong, y'all. Y'all might have some deeper nuanced understandings. And for real, if y'all have, like, the real truths of what these songs are about, just let us know in the comments because I would be real, real curious. I feel like I would trust Dave's, like, response. Like, I wish there I, There's probably, like, right. more, like, interviews about, like, what his songs mean, but we just haven't looked into them. But it's like, yeah, I mean... Basically, like, I mean, I look through it. He likes the fact that he's a threat. Everything about there is like this anxious feeling that he gives to somebody else. And if I think about the competitive nature of comp, whatever, I guess like you could say, like, maybe, you know, somebody like James might feel away from Metallica. I mean, just because my dude's name is James. I wonder if that's weird for him. That's right, James. This time I did mean you because I figured this one you'll actually watch. I get it. <laughs> none of y'all, none of the people in my life really want to watch me ramble on for most of these videos. Um, I don't know. I liked it. And it's like, I just felt like, you know, he kind of gets to this point and beg for, uh, I like the way that you stand in line and beg salvation from the empty skies, empty skies. And the way shit like flips up as he's doing empty skies is really cool. The way it just kind of gets alive and constructs. And then you get the don't want no revenge, ain't no payback time, it ain't uh, no getting close. Here comes the reckoning day. So a reckoning day would be a day of settlement or resolution. It isn't necessarily revenge, right? Like he's not looking for payback. It's almost like, you want just what's fair you don't want above and beyond it's like you want the cards to be called and the points to be tallied and and just here's what's up at the end of the day 
But when it comes down to it, if you're looking at it from an egotistical position of inferiority with the complex in the metal industry, perhaps it's showing that you have this huge desire to be number one and that everyone will inevitably push you up to the top and bring you over. And in a sense, in the meta of the album, because I'm going to get to where that meta of the album part goes, it could be the mark of what drove the beginning of the Dave Mustaine mega uh, death story all at the same time. So I thought that there were layers to the way he said so fucking little because there's nothing else lyrically he repeats that here comes the mm -hmm. reckoning day but musically you're brought on this journey where it feels frantic it feels intense but it also feels like the way it ends as the guitars fade down slowly the fucking drums just pounding through like that i was like yo Yo, that's some G it was shit. A, it was a really great That's ending. some gangster shit right there. Mm -hmm. That's how you do it. And uh, I was really fucking impressed with how they ended this song on the reel. I was a little, I was blown away by it. Um, I feel like just the, I, like, I don't know if it's a solo and the whole band is playing and it's a guitar solo because that doesn't feel like it, like the language bothers me. But I guess that's what I mean moving forward when I say guitar solo is, you know, the shredding and shit happens, but there's still a band playing. Do you, so is that, when's a solo a solo? Is it when it's just the dude playing? I think it's like, I think it's just sort of like if the drummer's there or whatever, like just kind of like in the background, mm. you know, I think that that's still saying, like, okay. They're holding down the groove while the guy goes nuts and does his thing. But right, like, I think, it, I think it can be either way. Either way, brilliant track. Um, honestly, very impressed with it. I really like it. And the thing about it is the more I listen to it, the more I like, get stuck in your head. Honestly, I sent this to one of my colleagues and he sends back like, or I posted it in my Instagram stories and he sends me this video of him like filming it in 2015, this particular track. He was so happy. I'm like, man, this, this music means a lot to a lot of people. And I get it. This has a triumphant, angry, angsty feel to it. But it's cool, like you feel in a way, don't worry, motherfucker, the reckoning day is gonna come. I'm gonna grind and do what yeah. I do. And that's kind of the story of Dave. He grinded and did what he had to do and pushed it, regardless of what the scorecard said, knowing that the reckoning day gonna come. 4.5 on 5. Brilliant way to start this shit. Next right. up, oh, there is a music video. I found it very boring. Cause it's a bunch of concert footage and B shots of them on tour. Like literally just like Oh, we're standing over here th doing stuff in this random alleyway somewhere there back to Megadeth playing live. Not my favorite music video format. Definitely the cheapest kind of music video you can make in my opinion. Totally fine. Acceptable. It's the 90s. Yep. It's not the same era of today. Okay. Train of consequences. Okay. That like guitar intro that doo -doo 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 that shit there i was like i get why people used to buy guitars and why they don't anymore <laughs> like was, i heard that and i'm like man because like here's the thing i'm in high school 2000 to 2005 right so like rancid is there kind of dying out but it's mostly like good charlotte and green day and a lot of stuff like Blink. that even the metal like was kind of fading out into more the the like thrashy like i get not thrashier sorry this is thrash nickelback no but like it was moving in different directions like really metalcore driven and a lot of that stuff growly screaming shit was like i personally didn't hear a lot of this stuff from like many people except for my that one dude that i'm gonna you know my boy ramstein yeah but they didn't sound like this like mm -hmm. they don't sound like this not quite at like all this, no at all <laughs> this is like some fucking like 
like when you listen to like just how they construct that the do 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 and then the speed up closing part like where you do the shit where you alternate at the very end of a thing tying it back down to the root note of a chord to give you a sense of completion in a musical phrase that shit the way they do it instead of like doing it real slow and simple like a lot of people be like do 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 they added some complex next level tech nine shit on that that's how it felt like it was just and i'm like and then it just has well, they this. They are known for speed then the, metal. The fucking groove on this track, that like just the drums, everything. You just fucking want a two-step to that shit. It's fucking proper. That's all I'm trying to say. The music video, it's creative as fuck. Has the album cover in it when he's looking out the train. They're playing cards. It's because it's a train of consequences. Anyway, it's a goofy music video that was visually engaging and I'll never watch again. But I love the imagination and the thought that went into the video. It was like really interesting to look at and had i been the kind of person that likes music videos i'd watch it again but what do you think of this groovy jam um so this one he's basically on the move and is no good and is you know gambling along the way and he's you know taking the train and he's just kind of going wherever and he's kind of like the littlest hobo or you know just a regular hobo i guess um it just kind of sounds like he's talking mostly about his drug habit. Um, and he talks about like the tracks. So he's talking about the train tracks, but I think it's also like the kind of tracks that you get from injecting drugs um, and it being like a wild ride on the train. And I think that's also um, because he takes a lot of drugs. And so it's a wild ride and like, you know, everything, everything is just so extreme and just like 110%. Um, you know, with his drinking and just whatever drugs he can get his hands on. Um, and I think that that definitely causes a lot of ups and downs. And from, you know, what the, the documentary said, like, you know, people, you know, his bandmates were kind of like, are we going to get like violent um, Dave or are we going to get like super nice guy Dave? Like, so he really did have like a lot of like up and downs. And um and, and and then he also talks about the fact that he's gone off the tracks, meaning I think, you know, just basically like losing control and like is kind of like realizing that he's kind of like messing up like his future and like, you know, what, you know, could be. And um, he talks about um, that, you know, the boxcar life lifestyle. And I think that that sort of like, again, relates back to um, him, you know, just being on tour, like in a van or like a bus or whatever um and how it's in like a small space and you know everybody's confined and it can just drive you crazy and um i know that genius says that this song is all about a gambling addiction but i beg to differ um yeah, I'm, um i don't agree with the genius thing yeah because um, the guy wrote this song may imperative word be inspired by drummer Nick Menz's gambling problem, but this hasn't been confirmed. I mean, and Dave's could that a little... be influenced into the writing of the song? Sure, maybe it helped inspire gambling scenes. Maybe it's an illusion. But I just feel Dave's talking about himself on this one. Myself. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, what I was thinking. I mean, just to let, yeah, let you know I'm, that. I'm with you. Um, okay, good. <laughs> because gambling is an addiction, the same as any other addiction that is. So I can. But see... it's not the main 
focus of this song, but he touches on it. Like, I think he's very literal when he's using I as in me. Him, like, yeah. I hawked my brains headed west. That's, like, quite literally his story. He moved out west when he was 15, started selling drugs, and got fucking bonked out into that world, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that, you know, and what do the trains do? Headed out west. That's oh. right. Anyway, go on. So, yeah, I mean... Um, I don't know. Yeah, so I, I just think it's, you know, maybe unless it, he's talking about gambling on his life, maybe, but that's about it. Absolutely, uh, he is, in so, my opinion. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think it's good. I think that he's kind of, like, acknowledging that, you know, his life and, like, his lifestyle is just wild and out of control, and he's a part of that, and he's kind of, like, looking around and, like, all the, you know, the, the chaos that we're you know we're gonna find out about um is like just like happening all around him and he's just like "Ah, ah," and it's hard to pull yourself out of that so um yeah i mean i think that that's kind of what it is that he's moving but he's just like no matter where he goes it's just you know it it's it's always with him um so i think it's good i gave it a 4.4 on five yeah, I feel like in a sense in the first verse, it's like he's either talking to himself or it's the world talking to him. It doesn't really matter. It's like it's just kind of introducing the narrative of I'm trouble. I cause problems. So I'm taking mm-hmm. your money. That's addictive behavior. I'm going to come through and be a toxic succubus in your world. I don't know how literal that is, but I mean, I did hear he had money problems along the way. Uh, he was broke all the time because he just spent all his money on like... You know, Drugs. I don't even trust me. There's bad news creeping up. Hi, and you feel a sudden chill. How do you do? My name is Trouble. I really like that groove there. How do you do? My name is Trouble. I like that. It's fucking fun. I'm um, coming in for the kill. In for the kill, and you know I will. And to me, I just hear like a guy or like battling with his demons, and like when you're trying to have that like moment of self control to do it right, but then you look in the mirror and you get the temptation, and it kicks in, and it slowly overtakes your mind, and it's trouble, and it's coming in for the kill, and it wins. Now this this chorus part, if this were a rap track, we would call this bars. <laughs> Why? Because they all connect in the way rap lyrics really do. So set the ball a rolling. You know, that's kind of like, you know, the trains, the wheels and shit are fucking flying. I'll be clicking off the miles, kind of like click, 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 click on the train on the tracks. The way they're connecting is fucking brilliant. But it's also the double entendre of it because, you know, you're doing your drugs, you know, aging off, clicking off the miles, like eight miles of life on your fucking whatever. Yep. On a train of consequences. So both back to the literal train metaphor that he's continuing to fucking clock on through. But it's also the consequences of your life and the wild ride he's chosen. My boxcar sign a life of style doubling down on both ideas at the same time this is bars this is this is fucking rap in my opinion except that he's singing it with his groovy style i mean i'm saying most rock writers don't write bars okay they write lyrics i mean if any rapper like spit this shit they would be heralded for that side of it uh my thinking is derailed i'm tied up to the tracks and that's so interesting right like his his thinking is derailed as though off the tracks over there but his body his literal self is still tied to the tracks again keeping the train bars again keeping dave's mind being gone bars the train of consequences there ain't no turning back it's too far gone it's too lost and honestly that's some tight ass writing and he sings it like a G. On this track, I think Dave sounds like proper. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, second verse is cool. No horse ever ran as fast as the money that you bet. I'm horse, heroin. As the money that you bet. Uh, I'm blowing on my cards and I played into my chest. Life's fabric is corrupt, shot through a cr- eroded thread. As for me, I hawked my brains, packed my bags, and headed west. 
So it's like, yeah, you do what you got to do, roll through it with your punches, but fuck it. I lost my mind. I'm doing what I got to do over here. I'm living this wild ride. So it's both got this like insane bad boy image. How are you going to tell me girls don't want to listen to dudes spitting this shit? Of course they do. Emo guy's been getting girls for fucking ever. And this is not to call him emo. It's very much on the emotional expressing your open insecurity side of lyrics. But like screaming his emotions at you. Some people enjoy being screamed at in intimate settings okay Okay. you might not like that that's fine that's you um i still think this is a brilliantly composed tune what i also love is all the pop elements maybe you don't like this but there's a lot of pop hooks built into this track it's an earworm like like that fucking groove is pop okay and it's perfectly done and layered into this beautiful metal composition there's a lot of pop in here and i love that and it's so well put together like I could see how this charted. I don't know if it did, but I could see how this one banged. I, I, like as a single, it works. As a track two of an album following Reckoning Day, I feel like it stepped up. Mm-hmm. I was really impressed with this. I gave this a five on five. Oh, wow. I love this song a lot. Like I was really blown away by it. Also, I think it moves the narrative along, right? Like so, in the the, me- the meta part of the album, Reckoning Day, the Vengeance Point, Megadeth starts. Which leads him to this train of consequences, mm-hmm. which is as the Megadeth train is rolling along. And then the next song brings that Dave Mustaine story narrative forward because he's addicted to chaos. This is cool because we are really seeing the versatility of the band here. They mm-hmm. slow the tempo down, they give you one of those heavier, like poundier ones, like that. <laughs> Yep. kind of feel as opposed to I'm trying to use sounds instead of bad language um, but uh, they're doing that instead of the kind of shit so it's cool to just see that they have that mastery of the slower tight kind of grooves that can complement the more complex stuff we see not to say that this isn't like less complex but it's less tricky mm-hmm. as we'll say um, and I think it just it's it's such a it's such a powerful tune honestly it's yeah. just it's so great and it again follows through and and like looking at his addictions and shit like it's totally like this album really feels to me like the story of dave mustaine and i think that's really fucking cool and i wouldn't have caught that or known that if i hadn't watched a certain vh1 documentary and maybe because i watched that documentary i'm imprinting that whole shit and none of y'all agree with me that's what we're basing everything off of. That and like well, Wikipedia I, I did do and some Genius other research and like, and you know, other things that we watched. Like I, I, I got, went down a Dave uh, rabbit hole and I read a lot of interview shit just to get a sense of his personality and shit and his attitude and his mentality. But I mean, I look for the story in most albums. I think a lot of albums have story arcs that we overlook and artists are sad that we never noticed them. Hmm. And then I've had a couple of times where artists have pointed out that they're just grateful I noticed this kind of shit because like it's like no one else did so maybe i'm wrong but maybe y'all like my story and that would be cool thumbs up if you're feeling it what do you think of this track um yeah i mean i think that he is talking um about that he's lost someone and i'm not sure who he lost around this time um but it feels like that 
and um, that weight is on his shoulders and he's like feeling that and he has a hole in his heart and you know he he hopes that someone will be there for him because he's really struggling to get through life um, without this person I don't know you know if someone died or if you know someone you know he was with someone or had a friend and like they're no longer together and you know just doesn't want to talk to them like I don't know what it is or a brother I don't know what I think it's like meant to be vague because okay. when you're an addict and a younger me has had some poor choices in my life oh we all have um you kind of burn through people mm -hmm. right and it, i think it's meant to be like everyone ever that was close to him that he hurt and is no longer around just based on the way the song evolves mm, so it's maybe because at this point as we've seen bandmates are gone stuff's happened um i don't know uh well, if, I, don't if the know. Dude I can imagine died. that he's a little bit like do you know like i don't remember if the the drummer dude died before or after this album anyway uh oh right the one that was in i think it wasn't wasn't he metallica no, no 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 anyway uh what do you think of this song i'm gonna keep sorry keep going and i'm gonna go check okay. that out so um he basically just doesn't know like how he's going to get through his life and how he's going to keep on going every day um because it's just going to be chaotic and the chaos is mostly inside of him it's what he's feeling it's what's going on in his mind it's what's going on in his heart um and he he realizes that he can't just uh you know wait around on these people or like the people who who are gone and can't like cling on to that forever and he has to you know make his way forward and he realizes that he you know he is the only person that's in control of his own life and you know he has to be on his own and you know even though he does still kind of question who's going to be there who's going to help support him who's going to be um you know his, like i said his support system um and i thought that um that this song would actually be about like him like you know causing chaos and like you know what's what's happening and you know all the crazy shit that he's up to but it's um a lot more about his like inner turmoil and um wonders like you know who will finally be able to pull him out of his darkness like who's going to you know say the right thing that's going you know he's kind of dependent on somebody else pulling him out of um the darkness while realizing at the same time that he has to faces consequences by himself but he still kind of wants a little help so um you know which is fair i feel like you know a lot of us need help a lot of the time so you know it's needed so i mean it's decent and it's also like head bangable you know and it sounds super tough um but really it's just about your feelings and so like it's like really interesting that you have like this song that's just so like and like you just you know you're you would just think that you would be like rocking out to it and maybe not necessarily taking in the words but um yeah it's just about his feelings and then he's you know struggling so i think it's a continuation on the idea of addiction this is the consequences that you get from the train of consequences yeah. so like it directly flows the story yeah. along um so the dude that I, the the drummer dude i was thinking of i went to the wiki of past members was the guard dude who passed away in 99 so it wasn't that um but I looked at it like, because when you are in that destructive place in your life, you'll burn all those bridges and you'll fuck your shit up. So when I'm hearing like only yesterday they told me you were gone, all these normal people, will I find another one? So that could be death. 
sure. But it could also be like you like head into the studio room to go find that person that you relied on for all these things and they're gone. But it could also be like your friend circle saying that chick left you and she ain't coming back. But it could also be, you know, like it's really vaguely done. And I really like that about it. So it's pretty cool. And then all these normal people will like, find another one. That's like that desire to connect and be with people. Like almost to have somebody be there to keep you grounded, to keep you normal and human in your midst of chaos. It's honestly like why half of us, uh, let's say more out there people, tend to date more down-to-earth people mm -hmm. because um, we need it. We need better halves if you catch my drift. Wink, wink. Um, monkey on my back, aching in my bones. I forgot you said one day you'll walk alone. So here's the thing. As a person who formerly treated people poorly, I've had a lot of people say that kind of stuff to me in my past and it kind of you know prophesized into reality right like you have all these pains and these demons you carry and then you let that destroy your life and people don't want to be around that because they can't handle it I said I need you does that make me wrong am I a weak man are you feeling strong my heart was black and it's bloody red a hole in my heart a hole in my head and I suppose when you have those moments where people are gone you're kind of left with these petulant feelings you're like I exposed myself but wow I guess that was a fuck up that was a mistake that was a problem when i don't know like i guess you can twist it like that person utilized this moment of strength over you to cause pain and hurt in your life or whatever and you're just left feeling brokenhearted and fucked up in your head which has gone out west on that train and i think it's really powerful i think it shows like the soul of addiction put out when you're kind of becoming self-aware of the consequences of your actions and the way that you treat people so you're left with who will help me up where's the helping hand will you turn on me is this my final stand like am i gonna die have i really burned all my bridges am i truly fucking alone is this it where is anybody you know and you feel that desperation coming through so i don't know if it's like i mean i guess it's emotions but I d i've always felt emotion through this kind of music so for me it's not a dumbfounding experience mm -hmm. um i just thought it was honest and powerful and like if you're trying to cope and deal with shit, this is really cool to connect to um i like the next part that in a dream i cannot see tangled abstract fallacy that's a convoluted fucking line tangled abstract fallacy it's good though because it's kind of saying that like the convoluted lies that our minds make up as we fabricate our little delusional realities the dreams of our existence the foggy world of our addictions um random turmoil builds in me i'm addicted addicted to chaos and it isn't necessarily just drugs it's just all of it well um anyway so then there's some more music it's fucking good can't really describe it it's just good you can go check it all the songs tend to have that solo part and it's usually really like well done really musically comp everyone kind of shines for a minute it's really fun to listen to i'm gonna get light shine on my path turn bad days into good turn breakdowns into blast smash because i could uh, my brain was labored my head was spin. don't let me down don't give up don't give in and it's kind of like you feel that chaos that's going around like he's he's almost like being pensive on his past in his darkest days and kind of letting us know what that felt like uh, describing this addiction to chaos from a moment of calmer self-awareness in the future hmm. and that pensive tone and reflect it's something i can relate to at this phase of my life where i kind of find myself thinking a lot more on my younger crazier days so to speak you know right the rain comes down cold wind blows the plans we may are back up on the road turn up my collar welcome the unknown remember that you said one day i'll walk around and now you can kind of picture them 
again thinking back on those relationships burnt bridges and shit and he's kind of looking in the cool rain and the bad situations and realizing this sense of i'm alone i'm on my own yep. holy shit the fog of that dream and the tangled abstract fantasy's gone away and you're left to just ask who's gonna be there and then i kind of like when he like doubles it when it's like in a dream i cannot see in a dream i cannot see and he kind of repeats it i thought that was really cool at the end there i feel like the whole thing is strong i like the way he says like addicted to chaos like he says it cool in the way he like flips it up I, I, this song is really strong like honestly the first three tracks of this album a really good start it's really like you can feel his pain and shit you can feel the real emotions in his shit and not just in dave but like in the music and the way it all comes together it, it, it just yep. is such a powerful energy so i gave it another 4.5 it's just it's amazing it's really well done hmm. i've listened to a lot of boring ass rock music this is amazing this is anyway next one a tout le monde I got a question for like the Megadeth fans that were like old school Megadeth fans like in the 90s listening to this. Mm-hmm. Did y'all feel this was sellouty? And I'm not like saying that facetiously. I'm asking that because this is a fucking pop song, okay? <laughs> yes, there's some metal elements up in there, but this is a pop song. As in, this is an earworm. As in, if you changed... It is definitely an earworm. If you changed the backing music and just kind of maybe simplified it just a little bit, it would chart in like 2020 as a pop song. Put some EDM under that, it would chart. And that's like... And I'm not like trying to like belittle it. I'm saying people just hate the electric guitar. Well, no, it's just... I don't know what it is, but like... No, there's like a there's a whole thing where what ended up happening is I guess uh, rock got simplified, whatever. But in the current era, what's happened is all the kids that used to put like ten thousand hours and shit into guitar found out you can make beats in like ten hours. Yeah. And so they all made beats and they all learned to rap. And then you got little peeps and shit instead of My Chemical Romance. And um, you're getting new metal. New metal is coming back, yo. I yep. know y'all hate that. I'm a huge man, new metal. Maybe you don't all hate that. I'm a huge new metal fan, but the amount of new metal albums I've heard in the last two years, oh boy, it excites the shit out of me. Still, I listened to this song and I was, and I'm saying it's a pop song with like all the respect in the world. Pop music is a fucking art form to do right. Pop music that is done right is fucking timeless. As in, you will be able to listen to that song forever. And it will never feel out of place and whatever. Like, that's what pop bangers really are. It's popular music that's just digestible. And I feel like the other three songs we heard, you might need to be a little bit of a metalhead to listen to. But this motherfucker is a gateway track. This that shit that you show your girlfriend who doesn't want to listen to metal so that she hearts it on her Spotify and slowly starts to listen to it and gets a little bit more used to metal so that you can throw on that harder shit later on. That's how I look at this. And again, I'm saying that with all the respect in the world. I love this song. Since the first time I heard it, I have had this fucking chorus stuck in my head. Everywhere I've gone for like days now, it's like, A tout le monde, à tous mes amis, je vous aime, je dois partir. These are the last words I'll ever speak. 
Now just imagine some like soft acoustic shit under that. Doesn't it work? It does work. It's a fucking pop song, at least as far as the vocals go. And I love it. I think it's so good. It's so well written. It's fucking five on five perfect. Don't even get me wrong. Question for y'all. What the fuck is up with the remix with Lacuna Coil, the chick? Um, that was weird. <laughs> I did not enjoy it quite as much as I enjoyed this version of the song. It didn't need to be faster. It just didn't need to exist, in my opinion. And I'm wondering, all of y'all, 2007 comes around, new Megadeth album, y'all cop that shit, y'all hear at Toulamont, something be free, and you're like, what did you think? I want to know, because I don't know how y'all felt. I was like, this is weird. This song, though, is it's perfectly paced. It's perfectly timed. Mm -hmm. the, the music is so easily digestible, but still complex and rich enough that when you go back on your 10th to 15th, I just want this one. It's gotten spins in my life already. When you go back to it, it just keeps like getting more intoxicating. Not to say that anything else on this album is less well composed, but nothing else on this album is quite so pop song perfect. And I am a sucker for a perfect pop song. I love all of them. I like the Britney Spearses. I like all that <laughs> shit. Give me some BSB. Perfect pop songs are magical. So I'm super happy to have come across that. And I really hope that nobody's offended by me using that. I just look past the charades of genre labels and look at the core of how the shit's composed. And if I mean, I love this song. This song is magnificent. Plus, it kind of... I mean, it kind of like follows up the state of the album in terms of that story that I was describing a little bit. So you've got the kind of context of his addictions and shit. And then what happens when you're having this wildlife addiction? Maybe you're shooting up and shit. Maybe you've gotten a, uh, you've gotten a rehab a few times. Maybe you've almost died. That showed the clip of Dave Maybe you saying, did die. I died for like whatever. They showed that clip like six fucking times in that VH1 documentary. They like drove the whole part home. I don't know if it happened before or after euthanasia because I actually think that shit happened right there after. There was a lot of back and forth, <coughs> and, you know. But it wasn't quite like, you know, chronological order. Either way. Um, so this song actually got Dave in a little bit of trouble. So we have, you know, don't remember when I, where I was when I realized life was a game the more seriously I took things the harder the rules became and again this is like going even further with it like he's trying to really self-analyze and understand his problems and it's like wow life's a game and I fucking tried really hard and it got you know fucking whatever and I went head forth I had no idea what it cost my life's fucking passing before my eyes I found out how little I accomplished in all my plans tonight so if you think about just the state of where he's at is he's, you know, like literally there was that, he was describing like this big Japanese arena and shit that they were going to go play at, but Dave had to go to like rehab and get healthy or he might not have lived to it. Like, yeah. so he's really got some heavy weight to back up what he's kind of describing here. And it's cause like maybe had he been a little cleaner, they would have beat Metallica, you know, like yeah. maybe. And I'm, I'm he just, just kinda, wanted to be number one. And so... Number two just isn't good enough. Honestly, Dave's hip-hop. Number two is the shit. Because for real, the only other... Like, that's some hip-hop shit. I watch rappers say that kind of shit all the time. I love Dave Mustaine the more I learn about him. Um, anyway, so... Uh, so as you read this, know my friends. I'd love to stay with you all. Smile when you think of me. My body's gone, that's all. And then he goes into the chorus. And you're like, hold up. That's a little dark. But so... 
People took this like a suicide letter, apparently. Why? Because Wikipedia said there's a whole controversy around how people took this like a suicide letter, leading Dave to um, kind of describe what the song's about a little more literally. Like he um, ate a handful of Valiums and overdosed, and he realized that he didn't want to actually die. But in the moments of what he, let's say he did die, this would be the last words he would say to people, being, a tout le so everybody... Uh, to mes amis, to all my friends, mm -hmm. je vous aime. I love y'all. Je dois partir. I gotta go. In case you're wondering, on vit au Québec, on parle français ici. On peut faire la reste de la podcast en français, but it's not a good idea. It's not gonna um, be good. Anyway. I don't know if I'm gonna get some of the words if I try it in French. I feel like it might be a struggle. Um, Ici sont les derniers mots que je vais parler. Mm -hmm. is, that's me. Uh, anyway, that's, that was a joke. That's me translating the mm -hmm. next line. But uh, these are the last words I'll ever speak. Kind of like, I'm dying. This is my parting message to everyone. And they'll set me free. I love y'all. That I love you. I have to go. That's his last words to everyone. To everyone. Mm -hmm. It's so, like, And I like peaceful. that it's, like, yeah. And, like, you know, he's being set free. So he's going, you know, he is a spiritual or religious guy. Um, I don't know if necessarily always, but he was brought up and then, you know, reconnected with God. Um, and they they set him free. So, you know, it's, you know, kind of like that idea of like once you go to heaven, you know, and you die, you're free and you're like, you know, in this like perfect world. And yeah. Also in the music video, which was so you're free from the drugs and like the shit in your life, I guess. It's one of those dreary, slow, like like i don't know like toned down colored videos like Sepia. dimmed or whatever anyway it's boring but at the end of the video it's like he goes into the grave like some whatever and it says mustine written on a grave at the end and it's like okay but yeah somehow that got this song got him in trouble i'm like that's fucking whack shit man all I can say is millennials were taught what the fuck cancel culture was by some Gen X motherfuckers because that had to have been Gen X and shit and some boomers. Yes, that sure. We were just too little to be canceling shit. When I was six years old, I wasn't canceling shit. That's how old I was when this motherfucker came out. I turned seven two days later. Um, but yo, who the fuck was trying to cancel Megadeth over this shit? That's what it feels like. Because that's what the language that would be used today. When you read the controversies that get sparked, the fact that Dave had to make the statement, there were a lot of times when I was lost in February 93 and there was no... The fact that he had to make the statement because people tripped the fuck out just goes to show me that this cancel culture nonsense that people are blaming on the modern era is a very long systemic issue within America's perception of fucking offensive media. They just can't well, handle it shit. When, um, I mean, side topic it was like when the Beatles uh, when John Lennon said that the Beatles were bigger than Jesus bigger than God whatever it was that he said um, and that oh boy, cancel like, culture it, like they were setting the Beatle records on fire like people were stomping on them people were not listening to them boycotting them like they were in up in arms I'm just a fan of pointing out how not new that phenomenon is anyway I thought it was just nuts anyway the song is still brilliant though it comes through if my heart was still alive I know it would surely break and my memory's left with you there's nothing more to stay so it's got this pensive like finality to it like somebody who's in the depths of all despair and shit you know moving on is a simple thing what it leaves behind is hard <sighs> that's kind of like you're dying and if you look at that from the context of suicide or death in that regard and you could look at abusing drugs as a form of slow suicide 
right? Yeah. And I think inherently he knew that. And that's what made him desire to want to change based on the quote he gave. He kind of was like, I don't really want to die. You know, like, it's not a good use. So mm -hmm. kind of having that realization. Mm -hmm. And you know, to sleeping, feel no more pain and living all are scarred. So it's like understanding, the, the, like this verse to me feels like the epiphany of understanding the consequences of what happens when you pass away, how for you, it's nothing. But for everyone else, you fuck them up for life type shit. Yeah. And you can see that in band after band where a person passed away or label where a person all the time. So Especially the head, like, the, you know, what is the, the head, headliner or frontliner or yeah. whatever it's called. So I just thought, like, Chester Bennington. Yo, Linkin Park's back in the lab. They're making a new album. Anyway, rest in peace, Chester. Uh, I'm not really looking forward to a new Linkin Park album without Chester. I think it's going to be a whack-ass pop techno album. Um, anyway, then the, they just get the chorus picks in, guitar solo part, chorus, you know, pre-chorus, chorus, whatever. They structure it like that. And it just, you end up with, like, just powerful. Like, you just you just want to keep singing it. Like, and they'll set me free. And you know, the way he holds the free. And then, I told them all. I don't know. I, I can't just... I mean, y'all get it. it. It's a banger. It's a fucking banger. <laughs> it's a pop tune, earworm, motherfucker, gets stuck in your head, doesn't leave for days. I don't know. It's a five on five. Like I said, it's too good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it kind of just starts off and it's just like electric guitar playing and it right away it feels like more like somber and like kind of like reflective and just kind of looking back and that kind of thing. Um, you know, I love the chorus, um, you know, maybe being a, a, you know, living in French Canada. Um, oh, French Canada. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, it's where Celine Dion lives, right? Um, so, uh, it, it, like, the chorus is great. It, it definitely gets stuck in your head. Um, and his his voice is so weird, but it works. And it's, you know, it's great. Um, nice instrumental in the middle. Um, and it definitely does sound kind of like a, you know, kind of like a suicide song. And I think that's why, you know, he got into trouble um, is that, you know, he was leaving and that was going to be it. And, you know, I suppose that, you know, when you are doing all types of drugs and you're realizing that, holy shit, like this can actually fucking kill me, you kind of, you know, and you are an artist of some sort, like you do kind of want to have something that, you know, just in case you die, here's a song, I love you, you know, like basically, you know, just in case, uh, because you never know, I'm just going to go shoot up again and uh, it could be the last time. And so he's kind of like, he understands his like uh, his actions and he's sort of like preparing himself. Like he's not like stopping necessarily from doing what he's going to do, but he's just sort of like preparing for the consequences of that by like ha kind of having like a goodbye song just in case. Um, in my opinion, that's kind of what I thought it was. Um, and he is clearly, you know, is dealing with a lot of things in his mind and, you know, his abuse with his, his body and like the drugs and everything else that's going on. Um, but really it's like, it's a really great song and like, it definitely, definitely gets stuck in your head. Like it was like, it's probably still stuck in my head. Um, it's, it's not necessarily like my favorite song, but it's very powerful. And like I said, oddly catchy. And so I like that part and I like the French. I found, you know, maybe that was like relatable, I guess, like I said, um, so it's a five on five. It's a great composition, great song. It's not my, it's not necessarily like a five on five, like, you know, like Iggy Azalea would be a five on five for me, but it's still a five on five. Anyway, I can't believe you said that, but <laughs> <laughs> but no, for real, um, 
of like all the songs on this album this is the one i would go back to the easiest where i don't agree where i don't need to be in a mood to listen to metal this could come on random any day of the week and i would just feel compelled to listen to it yeah okay where I, well, I keep my playlist i don't have playlist everything's on fucking random anyway uh the next track keeps the story going of course it does it's the elysian fields so this is the first song i got on the album where i'm like i don't know that i like this as much as everything else it's not that it's like no it is that it's less well made i feel like this feels a little b-sidey compared to the first four songs we heard and what i know was coming on this album i'm gonna say that this is the beginning of a teensy little mid-album slump where the grooves feel more repetitious everything feels more repetitious but a little bit not in like the way that is is as cool as i would want i don't know so here's the thing the other side of that is compared to most music it is still far superior the way they do do that groove is amazing the way they do the backing harmonies is perfect and all put together but i just think by comparison with what's on this album yeah it makes this one feel a little bit more phoned in mm-hmm. that would be my top level but what do you think about this one um this one is you know him being a little bit more in touch with religion and what he imagines like you know kind of like the end of his life to look like like what that's going to be and um he talks about the these elysian fields which i had never heard about before so thank you dave for teaching me something um and this is like a field in like greek mythology i think um where the warriors would go to die so i thought that was interesting i don't really know too much about greek mythology um and uh then the chorus just kind of like you said gets repeated over and over and over um there's like a a hint of like a a bluesy feel uh to this one at one point um and i I caught that and i thought that that was kind of nice um but uh, i don't know it's fine it's kind of a boring song like there's really not a whole lot to it I, i agree with you um, it does kind of have like a, a more of a heavy metal kind of feeling. Um, and like I the, like that versatility, right? Like yeah. it does track by track. Every song on this album is a distinct experience that sounds completely unique from everything else. And I appreciate that side of having a track like this mm-hmm. here. Yeah. And like, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. It's a four on five for me. what do you think? I feel like... Yeah, no, I mean, I, I feel like the groove is good, but it's a hit, more hit or miss. Maybe it's the bluesy side that made me less inclined to it. Because while mm. I've come to really appreciate jazz, the blues is really not my favorite cup of tea. Mm, like so maybe it's blues. tapping into stuff I like a little bit less. Like, it's still well made. Like, I the musicianship is like A+. And the singing is well done. Not quite as A+. Lyrically, it's cool, too. Um, uneasy feeling, burning out my eyes. I hope the end is less painful than my life. I stand on trial before the gods on Judgment Day. A blink of an eye between the cradle and the grave. That's fascinating, right? At the yeah. end of your life to find out if you're going into the heaven or hell or in the and Greek mythology or whatever. And time goes by so quickly whatever. as well. And then if we consider the last track where he's effectively on the mission statement of his death, right? Where he's accepting the finality that his consequences may have led him to a point where he may die. The follow-up is this assessment of heaven versus hell. So I thought this was really cool because in a sense, what Dave is doing on this track is judging his own soul. 
he is almost playing a god for himself and taking the active choice of, of going, I'm actually not the villain here. I'm a hero because I've made it through all of this. And when I do pass away, you know, I'm going to end up on Elysian Fields. And I was like, no shit. No shit. Dave's a fucking gangster. Because, like, that's some real, like, decent story writing in my opinion. Like, the fact is... If you look at like the part of death, what happens after death is Judgment Day. Reckoning Day is how this album begins. In a sense, this whole album is leading up to a Reckoning Day within Dave. Yep. So that's what I feel this song is, in a sense. It's Because the, there's a pivotal shift in tone after this. And things are going to start feeling different in terms of what Dave sings about. In some cases, very different. Um, but here it's like, you know, one last uh, look at visions of flesh, the last best hope of man on earth, Pontius Pilate still washing his hand, a world of wanna be saved, only left alone. That's a cool line because it's almost like the system's fucking corrupt, the world's gonna burn and die, everything's kind of fucked up, whatever. But in spite of that, look at who we are, the real ones. Elysian fields, we are storming the heavens, and then you got the ah, stiff happening there, it's fine. Uh, we're raising to raise the swords and shields, we ascend to our destiny to the Elysian fields. And when I think about it like that, it's almost like killing off the parts of your soul that are often and elevating your spirituality and your sense of self to becoming the heroes who ascend to your destiny, as in live through the addictions and become the longevity metal megastars we're supposed to become, yep. to become the heroes that we're supposed to be. I'm like, yo, that story of this album is pretty fucking dope from a conceptual album point of view. Kudos to the writing at that level. Because that shit is hard to do. To have every song have a way that they can flow into each other to kind of communicate a bigger story in light of the fact that like each track is kind of individually about his own thing. Top level brilliance, mm. right? Um, next verse is alright Soaring to the sun with blood upon their wings Superstitious dust left twisting in the wind Man still has one belief One decree that stands alone The laying down of arms is like cancer to their bones And they Life's kind of like a war Shit's fucked up Y'all just gotta watch the news See that we still kind of addicted to the uh, destruction and chaos We have not yet moved past hate All the isms are still real and whatnot. And it's a, it's a bit of a complex situation But the truth is Is in many cases The Karens of the world seem to be packing heat these days and that seems to be what it is y'all know you've seen some crazy characters. i think they're lately. getting a little bit of a clap back though i'm just saying it's uh it's like laying down arms maybe not being so karen like cancer to their bones sorry i'm injecting my personal politics here uh one last look at visions of flesh the last blessed hope of man on earth pontius is way he kind of repeats that part and then the chorus comes through i just feel like you're left with this sense of of a bit of triumphantness to it like at the end of the day i feel like this is a moment of defeating your demons a little bit right and starting or at least starting the conquest making the decision mm -hmm. to be stronger to become a hero and i fucking love that metamorphosis because the album does pivot like i said and we'll get into that as we go through everything and if you think about the last track maybe i have a point is all i'm trying to say mm -hmm. uh i think it's a well-made song like every time i listen to it i wasn't felt left with a feeling of i don't like this i didn't even want to skip it i really enjoyed it i just wasn't left with the sense of wonderment that the first four tracks left me so i was compelled to give it a 4.25 okay did you give it your grade out oh yeah four on sure five did. you did see i listen anyway we're gonna talk about another one it is called the killing, the killing road. road so allegedly on their website their tour dates are still listed as the killing road 
and earlier as we were recording, I accidentally went on their website and it worked. And now when I try to go to their website, it says I can't access it without a username or password. So I can't go on megadeath.com and confirm. I don't know if you can go on megadeath.com, but I can't go on it right now. It's, it's asking for a username or password. But yeah, um, the killing road <coughs> kind of is, uh, it's a little bit their term for, for the touring life and the road. Mm -hmm. And that's what I believe this song is about. Yep. So if we think about Elysian Fields and how it's almost like the dedication to become heroes, how does that manifest for Megadeth? I mean, they're on the killing road because they're fucking warriors, as we saw, on their way to the hero field. That does involve maybe some killing as you go through your duty as a warrior in life. Um, what do you think about this tune? Um, I found that um, Dave's voice sounded different on this one you know maybe maybe he does this particular sound um on other albums and i just have no idea um but right away when i heard this one like i thought it was somebody else singing like i even asked you i was like does he sing all the songs or like does, does anybody else sing and so even to that point so he has like that variation of his voice and he can kind of do a lot of things with it so i think that that's you know something to say right <laughs> um and uh so the drumming is also awesome wanted to mention that and so is the electric guitar um, on this one um and it's exactly like what you were saying it's talking about uh touring around and how it's killing him and uh but that's unfortunately the cost of fame like he's having like this like wild lifestyle and everything but everybody knows who he is and he's making his music and like you know everybody wants to uh, see him so he feels this obligation to his fans to to stick around and um, yeah but he's touring and I, so a, a couple of lines I thought were good again we stalk the stage at max speed we engage feeding people's rage the big cats left its cage back in the bus again to cut to catch another plane this behavior is quite insane but we do it for the fame so exactly like what I was saying and like it's just sort of like you know, having the traveling kind of sucks. Like it's the worst part of like any vacation, right? Like it's, you know, having to get through the airports and all that and all the security and blah, 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 blah. And so like, if you're having to travel and go through all of that and you're lugging all these uh, equipment with you and you've got all your bandmates and there's all these people that are with you and you know, everyone, you know, you're trying to get to your destination and then things don't show up. Plus you're high and you're just wild and you don't give a fuck. And like, so all of these things are just kind of like, you know, stressful. And, you know, if you're doing it all the time, it takes a lot out of you. You know, you wouldn't think so, but I suppose it does. And, um, you know, like that's, you know, it just sucks. And like, he's also talking about the fact that, um, you know, he's lost all of his money. And so he's doing all of this, but it, he has nothing. Um, and it's just kind of driving him nuts. And he has to keep on doing it in order to make any sort of money. So that's sort of like his struggle. Like, he's basically living paycheck to paycheck, to paycheck right? So, because he just kind of, you know, was spending his money on, you know, ridiculous things. But it's also like, as much as you might make a million dollars to do a record, it might cost you 900000 to tour, promote that, blah, blah, blah. Maybe mm -hmm. you break even, maybe this, that, the next thing. Like, uh, money Well, I mean, flies. I think that they, he, they kind of mentioned it, that they were, you know, they had... They were making money, but then they would just spend it all. Well, I don't know what part of their career and how relative that was. They did mention that. Well, I mean, this but, is like 10 years in almost, I think, so right? I was, but at this point, it might be, I don't know, maybe there was parts of it that were drugs. Maybe parts of it was just 
honestly you're employing yeah. how many fucking people exactly. yeah. how many people are on your employ to go on tour and then yes money's coming in and i'm certain that there's a degree of profit but are you actually netting a crazy amount of money depending and like on you have lifestyle? to keep on you know chasing like that chasing that train i guess you know chasing that like dream that like you're okay i'll just keep on doing this keep on doing this and it'll make i'll make more money but then you just you know you end up spending it faster than you and get I mean, it practically it's, and i'm certain that like the way his lifestyle had played up to that he wasn't necessarily the greatest businessman yeah you know and so it's really reflected with the insane grind of what it really is to be a musician and then you know the road never ends yeah. always starts again another shows around the bend another long lost friend oh faceless as the snow there's another special there's nothing special about the road it's just another hall it's just too damn long that's all yeah so it's just endless and it's going and it's fucking awful and but i'm so, i mean it's not to say that it's awful obviously you love doing the shows and obviously you love all the things you love about it you don't do and this he wouldn't for be where nothing. he is if it weren't for the shows but i think it's worth noting that the tours have a consequence and it, on it's him it's hard on people and i think it's really brave of him to kind of like put it out there like the truth is Every time I go on tour, it's like a risk. It's killing me. It's the thing that... That's how I took from this. It's like doing this for everyone, why it makes me a hero almost is because it's killing me to go out there and do this. Doing this to battle these demons every time. Like imagine trying to go sober and then having to go... Because, you know, half of sobriety is avoiding context cues where you got high, right? Like so... You're going on stage. You're going possibly to the same venues you used to get high in everywhere you're gonna go plus if you're a rock star like him drug dealers is everywhere Mm -hmm. so like i can just see how the best behaved motherfucker has all the opportunities to have temptresses seduce you into the darker sides of life while you're out there being fucking dave mustaine considered a rock god or a metal god to all the people out there that fucking love him so like it's insane just to me to see how he keeps it going so the way he ties in the idea of just being out there on like almost like we're warriors on the stage we're killing with our music and doing our shit like the heroes that are out there but really just also having that meaningful but there's such a cost to it like i just i love that dichotomy in terms of what he's doing with this album and that story yep yeah i mean it's yeah pretty crazy um that he had to you know i mean i think a lot of it is right like a lot of this part of his life was kind of crazy i guess um, of the band, I wanted to mention that the band, like the whole rest of the band part, um, was great on this one. Like the whole, all the instruments are fantastic. Um, I found this song a little bit repetitive, but great. Um, and it's good, it's honest, um, and it has like these like hyper intense beats. Um, that kind of ref- like reflect the kind of actions that he's going through and like what he's talking about and like how it, it's full of like anxiety and like kind of just bouncing off the walls crazy um you know wild and like his voice is fantastic dave's voice is like just really great on this one and he he really just kind of gets it out and so he's you can tell that he's just kind of like stuck and he's just kind of like a wild animal like caged and just like wanting to get out and he just can't and he has to keep on doing this and um so it's a struggle and he doesn't want to give up his his fame and his career and the lifestyle and everything, but it definitely comes at a cost. So basically, you know, like when he's kind of like doing like his, I mean, I, I can't imitate it, like the wow thing that he does. Um, 
that was awful. Um, <laughs> um, but like, you know, like the, the screaming that he does basically, like it's with good reason. Like he's screaming because he doesn't know what to do and he's trapped and he's he's kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place and you, I get it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I give this a 4.7 on five. I felt it was more on the repetitive side of things. Um, I actually felt really similarly in terms of how I felt about Elysian Roads. Conceptually, mm. I really like it. I think it's well performed and well delivered, but sonically, I, I'd had a bit more trouble getting into it. Again, it's not like it's a bad song. I really enjoy it. I actually think it's a really good song. But a really good song feels less good next to excellent songs is okay. more the feeling I'm having here. So I felt like I was writing some sh- fucking dank ass whatever, like the best shit ever. And then and then a little bit of bammer shit showed up after to follow it up. Hmm. Not, not a lot of, not, just a little bit of, just a little downgrade in quality. It ends. <laughs> this is where it gets back up in quality after is two tracks. It's not even a big dip. And I, I really feel like after this, the rest of the album is exceptionally great to listen to. So if I had to say the low point, it would be these two tracks. Conceptually, they're really cool, but it really is a lot of repetition. The music is really good, but I didn't feel like it was as compelling or as interesting as some of the other stuff. Like It was well composed. It's really good, but that didn't make me like it more. Okay. So it's just a preference thing. Um, I don't know if it was his voice. I don't know what it was. It's a good tune that moves the story along. It honestly feels like the part of the movie where a couple of like scenes get added in just to make sure that the rest of the movie makes sense. Although the next track, though we're not talking about it in this part, totally throws my fucking story <laughs> through the loop. I don't know what to do with that one. But up until this point, I'm so impressed with everything that we've gotten. I do give this track a 4.25. That's still a really good song. It's just not a really excellent song okay. to me. Um, and that's where we're going to end the, f- the first part of this because, like, we're already going in a minute. It's, like, 9.27 p.m. I got works in the morning, and my boss is going to watch this. So, um, you know, maybe he gets this far. Maybe he doesn't. So all I'm trying to say is uh, we got to go wrap this up for now and get you the second half of the album as soon as possible. And I uh, hope that y'all like this. Hope that y'all enjoy it. Let us know in the comments what you felt. Feel free to do that thumbs up thing or the thumbs down thing. Thing. If you don't feel it, somebody commented on a 2017 video today and said that he would give it 10 thumbs downs if he could. Wow. So you could create 10 alt accounts and give us 10 thumbs down. You can do that. It would be a waste of your time, but you could. Um, <laughs> so we appreciate you for real. Thank you for being here with us. Special thanks to the patrons Ismail Gadamsi, Chris Prado, Jonathan Barnes, Linda Williams, DJ Black Hurricane, Scribble, and uh, Carl. They're dope. Support will be due. Help us elevate. And uh, Scribble used his Patreon powers to make us do this mega death review. So if you want to be cool like Scribble, you can check out the Patreon. Hope you're enjoying it. Um, anyhow, I make music like I plugged earlier. Links below. Check that out. Follow me on Spotify. Show some love. And on that note, everybody, live long and prosper.